0: Welcome to another episode of Two Crones in a Book, where your host Shell and Annette get together to talk book related stuff. This could be a review of a book, watch along of movies based on books, or general ramblings. But be warned, each episode, including this one, contains adult language and spoilers. Consider yourself thoroughly warned, and welcome to our chaotic tea party.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Two Crones and a Book. I'm Annette. And I'm Shell. And today we're here to talk to you about Mary Shelley classic Frankenstein.
0: Yeah.
1: So Michelle, let me guess, you did really well with this book, didn't you?
0: (laughs) I fucking loved it. (laughs) (laughs) It's right up my street. (laughs) It's dark and twisty, gothic, lots of atmosphere, loved it. You? How did you do?
1: (laughs) Okay. It's going to turn into a bit of a diatribe here now. I'm going to admit straight up, I didn't end up finishing it. I had... (gasps) I know. I had about three more hours (laughs) left. My reasoning being, I struggle with the use of language in the romantic era. Yeah. I blame it on, like, I pretty much missed out on, like, a year of school through Mm -hmm. through personal reasons. I think I missed kind of such a big chunk of yeah. the learning that this this would have been covered in, yep, yep, and there was just not there was no effort made to catch me back up because yep. you know it was the nineties the way it was It's like if you miss it you miss it. it's your own problem there there was no chance to go back and learn it over so I always feel like I struggle with it and understanding. The complexities of the language. So
0: no, I was just say in your defence, it is either something you like or you don't.
1: Well, well, what I'll say is, like, I, I can concentrate for for a finite amount of time on it to understand what's happening, but my mind will drift, as it often does, um, and then I struggle then to pull it back and get back into it again. But what I will say is, it is an excellent story.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, much better than any film.
1: Oh my god! And if like you know, if you've never actually read Frankenstein. It's nothing like the movies.
0: I agree with you. If you think you know Frankenstein because you've you've watched a couple of movies, any of the, the variations of the movies, you haven't. You don't know the Frankenstein story.
1: No, definitely not. I think the closest iteration on television that I think I've seen now having read this would be Penny Dreadful. You know, the Frankenstein character in that and the monster.
0: Yeah, I did. I- i didn't put those two together because i I did love that but yeah i didn't i yeah i never connected that with the book you're right yeah the tragedy that goes with the monster who's often overlooked because in all the films it's generally frankenstein is portrayed as uh, as the victim and the one that's trying to right the wrong but i think the book makes them equally bad
1: (laughs) well yeah i mean there was because i'm to help to help me actually get through this book to some, it m- might sound quite sad, but no, it's. I don't think it is. I used BBC bite-sized website because Frankenstein... That's a really good idea. Yeah, Frankenstein's part of the GCSE curriculum,
0: yeah. which is
1: fantastic. So that makes sense why Hayden's probably been doing it at school as well. But no, it it helped. It did help make it a lot clearer and bring those tropes, like like you said, how much uh, Frankenstein and the monster almost like doppelgangers of each other.
0: Yeah, yeah. In the films, you see that. Although Frankenstein has always acknowledged that it's his creation, he's always trying to to make it better and fix it and make it good, but you never get the full swing the other way and and the sympathy is never directed towards the monster and when you read the book, you get some more background from the monster. I'm not sure how how far you got, but you you get this whole thing where he says when when he first comes alive, Frankenstein just completely abandons him. He just literally leaves and runs because he's so terrified of of what he's made. So you've got this something, can you imagine, just coming to life, Mm -hmm. fully functioning and not having a clue. And then it leads on to what happened to the monster in between. And he ends up, he's watching this family, he's hiding in an outhouse at a cottage and he's watching this family and and all he wants is to, to, to be happy like them. Yeah, they don't have much, but they've got each other. And that's where he learns to to read and he learns to um, talk by watching them. And you don't get any of that in in the films, any of that tragedy and and that he wanted to be good. He wanted to be loved. He wanted to be accepted. That's all he wanted. And he wasn't bad at that point.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, Yeah. I I mean, what did you pick up from, from, from Bite Size? I mean, there was some powerful bits in there for me, but... I, I don't want to rant on <laughs> past the point that you you've 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 read.
1: I got as so far as I think I I ended around about the part when when they're in the Alps where Victor and the monster are in the Alps and the, obviously he's telling his story, and I got to the point where he. Told him about what happened, what really happened to William, Victor's infant brother. The truth of what happened to it. So that's about, I think that's where I finished up. But obviously I I read on via size.
0: For me, there were some really powerful bits in there. I do like this sort of language because it adds Mm. to the atmosphere and mood of the book. And I know that that's not for everybody. Really didn't like Frankenstein from the off. Yeah, it starts off where you've got this really sad, dopey guy who's just looking for a friend. Um, and he finds Frankenstein yeah. out on in the ice, and then he begins to recount to his sister, this soppy guy's sister, Frankenstein's story as he as, as he tells it. Um, so I took an immediate dislike to Frankenstein, you know, right from early on in the book. He, he's there's a, a section it's around page twenty where he says um, that he prepared himself for a multitude of reverses. His operations might be incessantly baffled, but at least my work um, may be imperfect. Yet when I considered the improvement which every day takes place in science and mechanics, I was encouraged to hope my present attempts would at least lay the foundations of future success. What it, I mean, what that translates to is this dude basically knew that he was fucking up, but he wanted to be the first one to do it anyway and was banking on everybody else sorting it out later. You, you know, And that's right at the beginning, that's early on. That that one sentence I was like, oh, yeah, so you're, just, you're, you're making it up and you don't care the, about yeah. the price that's going to be paid as long as you're the first one to get there. And his arrogance comes through in other bits. like there's a, When he's making the, the monster, he says, it, his creation, he calls it, he, he says, it, I, you know, I want it to be of gigantic stature. The size reflects his arrogance. You know, you're not anybody who can create life. It would be amazing if you reanimated yeah. a hamster. Why did you have to make it so big? Yeah, you know, eight feet yeah. tall, I think he says it is. Yeah, it was just, it was an arrogant, mm. arrogant dick.
1: One thing I I picked up on, now I don't know if anybody else... No, noticed this but it definitely wasn't mentioned and in, in anywhere else that i've heard about it but it's referring back to elizabeth and how the family acquired her yeah did that not feel very much like it's what he's learned seen by his parents doing it with elizabeth yeah. creating the perfect bride for their son to have
0: and that was all very uh, incestuous because he does refer to her as, yeah. as, as his more than sister um, in the book and you think "Well, that's a little bit creepy dude
1: yeah no it's it, it is it's that whole thing it's like well we're just they, they go into a village when he's a young boy and there is a, a woman who yeah. has this like multitude of children and one stands out this like doughy eyed blonde cutie pie and they start bringing her up to the house and all that and then eventually say oh you know we, we'd like to take her on as our own because apparently it's, she's not actually a child of the woman from the village. It was a was it a dead brother's child or something like that. Yeah, they pretty much just sold off this no. kid and then just moulded her like he's trying to mould this creature. He thinks he's trying to like mould this creature into being a perfect thing. A, another trinket like his
0: wife will be. But he's not prepared to invest in it. I mean, he creates it and then legs it. No. No responsibility, no accountability. Too much like hard work. Yeah, exactly.
1: The fact is you just hoped it would go off go off into the cold and die. So
0: yeah, rather than investing. I mean, can you imagine letting something like that loose? Even the emotional guilt of, of having something out there on its own is really bad. You get yeah. to discover what the effect that had on the monster when when you first meet him, when they, they both meet up. I was struck by how articulate and expressive. The monster was when they met. It goes into this big long monologue.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and even like Victor Cat is just—it took his yeah. breath away, hasn't it? That they, not only has it survived, but it's articulate and it's smart it's thoughts and feelings. Yeah,
0: and he even says that it begins—the speech begins to sway him because at this point he's a, for, uh, the monster is giving his his account of what's happened to him over the time that they've been apart, and he's building to the fact that he doesn't want to be alone. And he wants yep. Frankenstein to, to create him a mate
1: That was it, yeah, um,
0: and, yeah. and he's really persuasive And he, he swings, Frankenstein is swinging back and forth That's how articulate mm-hmm. and expressive this monster is Although I, I did get hung by the fact of If it's just because you're lonely Why did it have to be a woman?
1: I think it's just, well, it's just because what he's seen, isn't it, from watching that family.
0: Yeah, but watching the family, that was a brother and a sister and a, a dad.
1: Well, no, remember the, they brought the um, the the girl, the, um, was it Arabian yes, girl? Yes, yes,
0: who hooks up with a brother. So,
1: and I think that was something starting yeah. there. So I think it's just what he's observed, and he thinks that's what he needs to, to fill this, this hole in him. Yeah. There's something, you know, and he thinks that's what it is. It's, but it's not. It's not. It doesn't have to be a woman. I think it's just having that.
0: Yeah, which is perhaps what Frankenstein wanted. He he had a god complex and he wanted to be worshipped. Yeah.
1: And he and, and and in tow, the monster probably wanted, um, uh, Victor to be that person for him, but he wasn't going to be.
0: No, he was too flawed. Yeah. No, I, I mean I liked it. I. I I felt it was it, it. had moments of real beauty in it, real tragedy as well.
1: The idea came out of the head of an eighteen-year-old girl.
0: Yeah, but I, I, you know, I'm pretty sure she was on, on a bit of gear. Look who she was knocking about with.
1: <laughs> Her parents were like I can't remember the names now. It's falling out of my head, but they, I know that they were role models for all the romantic writers at the yeah. time. She, she was brought. They were like uh, into was it philosophy yes. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. That was it. There were the big philosophers, and so she being brought up around that, you can imagine that kind of creative atmosphere. You know, it sinks into your head, I suppose. Well, it
0: must do. And again, it was that age of science, wasn't it?
1: It was. Everything was new. It,
0: it really was the birth of science and, and the possibilities. And you had that, like with Jacqueline Hyde, really. There was that crossover between science being black magic versus, you know, the right way is, is God.
1: Yeah, and so many, so much political change and injustices being rewritten for women and children and things like that. Yeah, a big, a big time of change, definitely in human history. But I
0: mean, like I say, the things I took from the book is that Frankenstein was a dick, and every situation he manages to twist and make about him, even when William, his little brother, dies. You know that yeah. he says uh, he can no longer be a fit subject for pity for the survivors or the greatest sufferers. Well, yes, you know grief is is the burden that others carry after death, but you're still yeah. managing to to twist that around when this is your creation that's done that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, and when uh, Justine, who is accused of William's murder, and she ends up hanging for it as a murderess, there's that part when he's um, talking about. He refers to her as a saintly sufferer, I think How it was. How dare you,
0: it's your fault, own it.
1: Exactly. So it's so like he's pretty much saying, well, it was a, it was her own fault for confessing to something that she didn't do. Yeah,
0: I mean, a line, you saying that, I've got a note here. So one of the lines is when he's talking about that is the tortures of the accused, so he's talking about Justine, the tortures of the accused yeah. did not equal mine. She was sustained by innocent. So this bird is going to be hung... For a murder she didn't commit, but it is still all about him. Yeah, no, I didn't like him at all. I thought he was a right fucking arsehole.
1: Oh, he is, 100%.
0: You know, and I think that it, she was very clever when she wrote this because if she had not made the monster a child killer, if he hadn't have killed William, although you find out later that was something that he he hadn't intended to do, um, it doesn't excuse it and no. it's it's horrific, if she hadn't have put yeah. that in, I think sympathy would have swung a lot more for the monster.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. If she had gone in first with him just being this yeah. horrific thing, rather than seeing the growth, and also with the wraparound story of um, how the book begins, the the story being told via letters uh, by this guy on the uh, on the ship in the Arctic and then meeting Victor, and then we hear Victor's story, and then rather than going straight in with the, ooh, I made a monster.
0: I think it would have been a really different book if she'd have taken out the child murder, so kept the murders in but taken out the child murder. Yeah. I think you'd have been a lot more sympathetic to him, and I think I, I wonder what massive effect it would have had on the book if it had been told initially from the monster's point of view.
1: Yeah, and then you don't find out he's a monster till later on.
0: Yeah, you know, like, so yeah. if, if the first part of the book had been about him, you might have built more of a rapport of him hiding in this cottage and learning from them and surviving. I mean, you get the whole thing about fire, So you, where he, he can't replicate fire, so then he finds it in, in the woods and he stays there because he's cold. And he, does, he works out how to keep it hot, but he doesn't know yeah. how to, to start another one. And it's that kind of innocence where, you know, he's got that humanity of being cold and he eats nuts and berries. And then he goes to this cottage and he hides in this cottage and all he wants is to be accepted. He, he falls in love with these, these people and, and wants them to be his family. If you'd have gone in with that at the beginning, yeah. before you got his backstory and you hadn't known that he, he was created, that would have been a totally different effect on you. You hadn't known he'd been made in a lab till later you'd have identified with him
1: you can't even begin to imagine how you would come out like brand new but like a fully formed person and then having to learn the world you know it's such it's such an interesting notion
0: yeah and in such a short space of time it's reflected in that first time that they meet um how when he is surprisingly articulate the monster and how expressive he is! What he's learned, so he literally crams all the learning of a fully grown man into something like a couple of years, I think it is. And he's he's prepared. So when
1: yeah, because I think the way they talk about is like the change of the seasons.
0: Yeah, it's the cycles of the moon, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and then he talks about the changes in like the surroundings. You know, like you know when the storm yeah. comes in or the things like that, so you can gauge the timescale.
0: And when, I mean, when he meets Frankenstein, he approaches him. So it's his choice. He's consciously sorted him out out. and and Frankenstein kicks off and calls him a a murderer. The monster turns around very calmly and says, I expected this reception. Yeah. You know, all men hate the wretched. And, And he's learned in that short time how cruel humanity is. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like I say, I, I, I wondered if you, if she hadn't have laid it out the way she did, if we'd have met the monster first and then heard Frankenstein's backstory and input, mm. I, I think that you, you, he wouldn't have the association around him that he has now that he is a monster. He's referred to rather than a monster, he's referred to as a demon in the book. Frankenstein couldn't call him a demon all the way throughout.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. It, I, well, I mean, in short, I liked it. I think it's definitely worth a read, but I can understand how some people might struggle with it. There's a lot of reflection in here of of humanity as a whole. A lot of the, I think she was quite insightful. Um, perhaps that comes from, like you said, the, the philosophy environment that, that she grew up in. You yeah. know, nothing is so painful for the human mind as a great and sudden change. It's, yeah, there, there's a lot in there. And, and I think it's just a reflection that people are shit
1: pretty much yeah things don't change much
0: yeah they don't human nature doesn't change you know we are an arrogant species you've only got to look at what we're we're doing to the world and the way that we treat each other
1: oh god yeah you can you can reflect that on today society completely yeah, no, I did really enjoy the story. Uh, like I said, it's just I, I have a little issue with the language. There are other ways of getting around it. Um, There is a, I think it's the, the, British, the National Theatre did a showing of Frankenstein with Johnny Lee Miller and Benedict Cumberbatch. And it was aired on YouTube in two parts. And it was absolutely fantastic. Whether or not yeah. it's still free on there, I'm not sure. But I would suggest hunting that down. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was during COVID, wasn't it? And they took turns. They did it twice. So Benedict Cumberbatch was the monster in one and Frankenstein. And they switched when they did it again the second time.
1: And it's absolutely spectacular. So I highly recommend checking that out. So if you do struggle with the language, you'll see it performed by two fantastic actors. But what I will say about this audio version, Dan Stevens, the lovely Dan Stevens, did an amazing job differentiating the characters. Oh, so pretty. <laughs> but no, he did such an amazing job differentiating between the different characters that it is very clear who is who and his ex- you know, expression throughout was fantastic. So I would highly recommend a listen to that as well. I was going to say, one other thing I will recommend as a follow-on is this amazing, um, I'm showing it to Michelle now, it's a a graphic novel, Frankenstein Alive Alive, and it's like a... Oh, that's pretty. Oh, yes, it was was written as a follow-on from the ending of the original book, Mm. and Michelle, when I tell you this artwork, you see this artwork here, you see that?
0: Oh, no, you've got to put pictures of that Right, up. that yeah.
1: is all done in pencil. It's amazing. The whole thing. It was written written by Stephen Niles and originally um, drawn by Bernie uh, Wrightson, but unfortunately passed away before he could complete it. Well, what's his, uh, Kelly Jones finished the rest of the book. He was handpicked to finish the rest of it to keep up with his style. And it is absolutely beautiful.
0: Looks lovely. Um, yeah, no, I haven't seen that before. Um, and one of the things that I'd recommend as well to do with Frankenstein that you would probably connect with really, really well, yeah, is Dean Koontz did a series as well, and uh, I think it was five or six books, and yes. they were really, really good. And it was Frankenstein in the modern day, but he was created when he, the the story says he was created, and he lived through. But he he's more of a, a mystical being and it's there's a plot that runs all the way through all the books and it was really really good so if you like the idea of frankenstein but you struggle with the original language that's worth checking out as well as well as the the book that annette's just said
1: yeah i've actually got a couple of those frankenstein ones that you mentioned but i haven't got the first one yet that's why i've not started them
0: They're really, really good. Uh, it was it was something I got hooked on. I, I read the first one. Again, it was a, a cheap charity buy. yeah. And then, of course, it was a mistake because it was a series of books, which I do to myself often, and then I had to go on the scrounge to, to find the rest. But they were really, really good. They were dark and twisty, but the sympathy was more to the monster. So I wonder if, when Dean Koontz read it, if he felt the, some of the things that we've said, which is, you know, was he really a monster?
1: Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Right, so... I think that's I think that's it now for Frankenstein. I think we've battered the poor bugger to death, haven't we?
0: I think we have and and you're relieved to put it to bed. I to be like, I really am.
1: I want something light and airy. I think I'm going to uh, borrow uh, a dinosaur book from someone.
0: You know, something <laughs> <laughs> inside From joke. my little my little dude, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my 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 new best friend. Yeah, no so in short I loved it and it hated it
1: oh well, no i didn't Wiggles, hate doesn't. it it's just i struggled with the language i love the story i think it, it is really it's very melancholy yes. you know if if you're on a downer i wouldn't recommend it <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's all all the literature at that sort of time isn't it, it? is
1: it that kind of romantic era stroke gothic but i mean the gothic elements are gorgeous i love it like yeah you know um but as i say i I hate to use the word flowery when it comes to language, but it is quite flowery. It's a bouquet of words.
0: Yeah, and for some it will be beautiful and for others it will be thorny.
1: Yeah, well, like I say, I don't keep flowers around because they die too soon. So what, what does that <laughs> tell you? <laughs> I don't
0: have time for Nuff flowers said. and I don't have a time for this language. <laughs> cool, so that's a hit and miss. So if you, if you yeah. like that style, then you'll like it. Um, if you don't, then you won't. <laughs>
1: but the, but there are other outlets that you can use to enjoy this story, Michelle. What are we doing next time? Do we know?
0: Well, we've got two um two options. Um, or oh, you might as well pick now, innit? it? Oh, air. We've got two options. Okay. One is uh, burnt offerings, Ooh. and the which is an old classic. Or oh, the other one, which is. Platform 7, which is based okay. in a train station in Peterborough.
1: Okay. Hmm.
0: Um, and the gist of it is there's someone on a platform and she turns out to be dead. Um, and she's there's lots of other stuff going on on Platform 7. And she can't quite, she's slowly discovering her memory because she doesn't know why she's there. She's got an inkling that something bad happened. Yeah. And it, it's unfolding, and she's trying to, there's bits where she's trying to, I mean, initially she's trying to communicate with um, people at the station, but of course she's dead, so she can't. Um, is the gist of what I've got. I haven't read it, but I did the sort of like first sort of chapter thing that you do in a bookshop. But it's your your choice. I mean burnt offerings is a good old fashioned classic, or do we want to go with something new that we don't know?
1: Well, do you know what? We've done so far we've done books that we know, haven't we, pretty much? And a lot of them are quite old. Bar horror store, they've been and hex, they've been kinda older. So maybe we should just both go in blind for a change. Could be interesting.
0: Cool. Let's do platform seven then.
1: Alright then. Uh, In the interim, you may get a couple of uh, Diddy episodes while we
0: get through this new book. So we're going to do Platform 7 by Louise Doherty.
1: Fantastic. So if you guys want to look that one up as well, if you want to get a head start, because as we say... We'll probably have a couple of mini sodes in between yep. while we get get our heads around this book. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening to an, another ramble session from these two crazy gals.
0: <laughs> we and, and as per usual, it's totally chaotic and unstructured. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just just the way we like it. <laughs> Definitely, but again, if anybody has got any uh, films they want to recommend, any questions for our 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 random random rambles, yep, um, would be absolutely great email them or send them over on social media uh, and we'll pick them up and we'll give them a go we are looking for new stuff because we have been gravitating back to um, stuff that we know and we love and i think it would be good for us to get our teeth into new stuff
1: absolutely we'd love any kind of new recommendations especially so we get to explore something new a hundred percent
0: cool well in that case everybody we're going to love and leave you uh, and we will catch you next time
1: all right, guys, take care now. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Two Crones and a Book. If you would like to contact the show, you can email us at twocronespodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media for episode content and more. You can find us on Twitter at 2 Pod, and on Instagram at 2 and a Book. Also join our Facebook group at 2 and a Book. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the show on your podcast listening app of choice. Take care now and we'll see you next time. Bye!